Amen. He's here, isn't he? Well, good morning, Walk Church family. My name's Hayden Ratner. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk Church. And I bring a greeting on behalf of my wife, Nina, and I together and our leadership team. And we thank the Lord that you chose uh, to join us today. Uh, it's an honor that you are here. And we'd love for you to get connected with us at some point in our service if you'd fill out a connection card. It's a simple way for you to get connected today if you're a first-time uh, guest. Uh, we also have the three-week challenge, which is just a simple challenge for you to get connected here at Walk Church and, and take the next step in your relationship. Maybe today's your first time and you say, you know what, I'm going to come back next week and see how it goes. And then one more week before I decide if this is the right church. And we hope this is the right church for you. And if it's not, we give you our word. We'll help you find one that's a good fit for you. We want you to go where you can grow. And today, uh, we're glad that you are here. Today is officially Palm Sunday. Come on, make some noise. It's Palm Sunday. Woo! <laughs> Palm Sunday. And really, that language, Palm Sunday, it comes from the Bible. It comes from the Scripture. And it's the week leading up to Jesus' death on the cross on Good Friday, to his resurrection on Easter Sunday. And Palm Sunday is really the beginning of that trajectory. And we want to take some time in our service this morning to fix our hearts and fix our minds on this moment. And I really believe that, that we're not called to live for the moment because the moment won't last, amen? amen? But we're called to live in this moment because this is the moment we have. And this is the moment that God has given us, and he's a moment-by-moment -moment God. And so let us go ahead and press in this morning, and let's worship him in this moment through Palm Sunday. I want you to turn your attention with me to Matthew uh, chapter 21, and we're going to look at 16 verses laid out for us in the Bible. This is the Palm Sunday narrative and account for us in the scripture, and I pray that God will speak to you through it. We're going to read all 16 verses, so we're going to load up on the Bible this morning. Amen? I don't know of a better way for us to learn today than to just hear from God. You don't need to hear another message from a man. You need to hear God's voice through his word, through a scripture, through a man. So we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to work our way to verse 16. If you, got, if you hadn't gotten your Bible reading in, praise the Lord, you can get it in now, amen? You got a whole chunk today. We'll start in verse 1. It says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, it was then that Jesus sent two disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village in front of you. So Jesus tasks two of his disciples. We're not quite sure which ones they were, but he gives them this instruction. I want you to go into the village, and here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, when you find this donkey with a colt tied to her, I want you to untie them, and if anyone says anything to you, Tell, tell them the Lord needs them, right, that, that God is in need of these donkeys, and Jesus is requesting them, and he will send them. So why the donkeys, maybe you'd ask? Well, the donkeys were a, a representation of a prophecy found in the book of Zechariah that would one day tell the story of the coming king, that Jesus would one day show up in Jerusalem as the Messiah, and he would come up and save the day. And so he said, tell them at once. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken by that prophet who I just referenced, who said, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. We just sang this song, The Lion and the Lamb, right? Isn't it so neat that God at any moment is both the lion 
and the lamb. He's both the most ferocious animal in the, in the kingdom and in the jungle. And at the same time, he's the, the most humble at the same time. He is the lamb. Here we see him coming in as a donk, on a donkey with the characteristic of humility. The scripture says that he's humble. So let's approach our humble king this morning, amen? And that's who's, who's coming to us today. Now, when he comes back, he's not coming back on a donkey. Y'all know that, right? He's coming back on a horse, sword in his hand as the king. He's coming back as the lion, but we see him here as the donkey, as, as the humble savior coming in on a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them, right? They brought the donkey too. And so now there's this moment where the prophecy is being fulfilled and it says the colt put on them their cloaks and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees, which is where we get this Palm Sunday reference. They spread them on the road and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting this phrase. Do y'all know what they were shouting? It's an H word. It's on the screen. Say it with me. They were shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David because the king and Messiah would one day come from the son of David. And they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This king that's coming in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he, Hosanna in the highest. And I love that, that phrase, Hosanna. I want to just talk about it for a second. The, the, the word Hosanna, it's an interesting word in the Bible. It's a two-definition def word, which makes it so unique. Some scholars and commentaries define the word Hosanna as a cry of desperation for rescue. So when they say Hosanna, they're saying, Jesus, save us in the highest. We're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. We're, we need to be rescued. Another definition for Hosanna is a declaration of praise, of adoration, which is saying, here's our king. He is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He deserves the highest praise. We adore him. We worship him. So at this moment, here's what I want to encourage you with. Maybe you're in one of those two places today. Maybe today you're broken, in need of healing, in need of rescuing, in need of saving, and you need to cry out to Hosanna as your rescuer. Or maybe today you're in the best moment of your life, you're thriving, you're growing, you're excited, and maybe you need to cry out Hosanna today and just praise him. You're right with both. Does that make sense? There were people on both sides. There was even little kids and babies crying out Hosanna in the highest because Jesus is both. They call out. And when they entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up and they began to say, who is this? And I love how Jesus stirs things up. Can I just tell you something today? If you get close enough to Jesus, he's going to start stirring stuff up. Maybe that's just my testimony, but the closer, I, the, the more I inch toward Jesus, the more he starts stirring stuff up in my life, and I've realized it's then that I'm in my best place. When Jesus is stirring, right, that's when I'm growing, and I'm grateful for the stir, and that's what happened here. They, the city began to get stirred up, and they said, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee, and Jesus entered the temple. And began to drive out all who sold and bought in the temple. He overturned tables of the money changers. Now isn't that neat right there? So we just saw the lamb. Jesus comes in humble on a donkey. And doesn't he switch to gangsta Jesus so fast? 
Like, wow, it, literally within five minutes, tables are being flipped over, pigeons are flying all around, and Jesus makes this declaration, and it's really important for all of us to hear it today. If you're ready, say ready. Jesus says, it is written. He quotes from the prophet Isaiah. He says, it's written that my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Can y'all just read that with me one more time? Let's read verse 13 together. Ready? One, two, three. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Let's pause right there for a second. When I read that, you know what I realized? The purpose of Palm Sunday is really a prayer Sunday. That Palm Sunday doesn't just stop at Hosanna, Hosanna, but it leads to Jesus going into the temple, which was the place of worship, and he realized that there wasn't true worship. And he said, my father's house, which is the church, is called a house of prayer. As we finish this text up, it says, that you've made it a den of robbers, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, this, this caused a reaction in their spirit. Here's what it says. It says that the kids were saying, Hosanna to the son of David. The people became indignant. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But it, it, it meant that the people became greatly annoyed at the kids crying out Hosanna. And they said, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Praise God he hears us, amen? That we believe in a Jesus who hears us in our prayers. Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise. As I read these 16 verses and as I began to meditate on them, I really sensed the Lord putting less of a sermon on my heart and more of an action step for us today as a church. When I say that Jesus turned Palm Sunday into Prayer Sunday, I realize that's the step we need to take today. So today's not gonna be a traditional Palm Sunday message. Today's gonna be a Prayer Sunday for us to declare the Father's house in its rightful context. I, I wanna welcome you into this Prayer Sunday. I hope you're encouraged. Some of y'all are getting nervous. Charles Spurgeon once said it like this. He once said, the great prince of preachers, an English preacher, he said, that we can rightly gauge the effectiveness and health of a church based off of their prayer meeting. Well, we have a prayer meeting every first Wednesday of the month, and it's been growing, it's been going, and it's been awesome. We've been doing it ever since we launched our church three and a half years ago. Come on, have you been, been encouraged by the prayer meeting for those who do come? There's like, there's a few of y'all in here. I know I have. Um, I love what Pastor Dean said after our last prayer meeting. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you, you, you talked to me that next Thursday, the next day. And I said, how you doing today, brother? And you said, you know what? I'm doing good. The Lord ordered exactly what I needed. And he delivered it to me at the prayer night. And I want to encourage you to make it a priority in May to take that first Wednesday evening and to join us at our ministry office for one purpose, to pray. Because the Father's house is a house of prayer. Now, I know, I know that not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody's going to prioritize it. So, we're going to bring it to you. Amen? We're bringing the prayer meeting to us all today. 
And I don't want you to be uncomfortable. Please don't check out. Please don't be nervous. Give this time a chance today. There's really three prayer blocks that I want us to lean into this morning because we really believe it's when we pray that God shows up the most. A, a, a quote that we use often in our church is from John Wesley. He says, prayer is where the action is. Think about that for a second, y'all. Prayer is where the action is. The action's not all the way out there. The action's not when we do a lot of stuff for God. The, the, the action's when we get with God and he begins to move. Do y'all believe this, church family? Let me just have a conversation with you really quick. Do you believe that God could do more in five minutes than we could do in 50 years? Then why wouldn't we pray like it? If we just need him to do it and show up, that should drive us to get with him. I read a quote from the famous missionary Hudson Taylor, and he says it like this. He says, when we work, man works. When we pray, God works. So what if today we said, you know what, we've been doing a whole lot of work. Today we want to pray, and we really want God to work through our works. God, would you show up and do this today? The first prayer component that I want to lead us into is found in Matthew 21, verses 8 and 9. As we look at this Palm Sunday story one more time, it says that most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. I want to just point our attention to this because they were giving their highest praise. They were releasing and unleashing their praise to their king. And I thought it would only be right of us today for us to start our prayer meeting in this service with the highest praise. So what I want us to do right now is I want us to go into a time of worship uh, and prayer. And we're going to open up this whole area here as an altar. And an altar is where you come to just give yourself away or to give something away. It's where you come and you say, Jesus, I want to give you this. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my lust. I want to give you my pride. I want to give you my struggle. I want to give you my fears. And you can come and do that at any point. You can grab myself or Nina, Pastor Dean, and Dorlisa. We're going to have some other leaders that are here as well. If you want to grab them, or maybe you just want to turn to the person next to you and just say, will you pray with me? We want to give you an opportunity in this service to worship God, to respond to his word, and to pray. Hosanna in the highest. We're going to watch this quick video, and then we're going to go into this time of worship as our team leads us. So check this out, and let's pray like it. In a small corner of the city, a parade began. No internet, no announcements, no tweets. Word of mouth carried the news. And the parade had no floats, no balloons, no bands. Just the voices of the people singing one word, Hosanna. The word has no actual meaning. It'd be like trying to define the word hooray, but still, they knew what it meant. Hosanna, the king has arrived. Jesus had been working quietly behind the scenes urging people to not tell of what they saw. But how can you keep a secret like that? They were ready for him. They had been praying for his arrival for generations. 
the Messiah had come. Hosanna. They waved branches. They threw their coats on the road. It was all they could do. They gave him a breeze and they sang him a song. Hosanna. It was all they had. They would die for him. But what they didn't understand is that it was going to happen the other way around. The Pharisees were watching, waiting, planning. He was too popular. The crowds would follow him anywhere. But even if you silence the crowd, you can't silence creation. Even if you silence the crowd, the rocks would sing, the trees would take up chorus, and the earth itself would sing, Hosanna. Hosanna, the king has arrived.
deserve the highest praise. The highest praise belongs to you, Jesus. So God, uh, move in our hearts, move in our minds, move in our lives, that we would release whatever we need to release to give you the highest praise. God, be our rescuer, be our deliverer, be our healer, be our Father. You are Hosanna. You are both the rescuer and the King of kings. You are both the Lord and the Savior and our great physician. You're the lion and the lamb. We need it all today. And we receive it all today. We can have him all today. Hosanna in the highest. You deserve our praise, Jesus. Father, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Will y'all join me in praying that if you believe it? Just right now, say, Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. Come on, one more time. Say, Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. Jesus, do that in our lives for your glory. Amen. 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 You can be seated. I think it's right that we start our times of prayer with the highest praise, and that, that time is reserved for the king, that we praise the king. We see here we move from this declaration of Hosanna, Hosanna, glory in the highest, to now an action step from Jesus as he enters into the temple. I want us to look at these verses together on the screen as, as this continues on to verse 12. It says, Jesus entered the temple then. He drove out all who sold and bought in the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. I saw something in this passage that I really had never seen until recently, that in this moment of chaos, right? Like, can you just imagine Jesus in his righteous anger, overturning tables and rebuking the Pharisees and the scribes and the thieves that were trying to make a gain off of worship? Right, like people would come to the temple and they would buy a pigeon or they would buy a young goat or a lamb and, that, and they would do that to take to the priest to sacrifice for their forgiveness. And there was all these little market cha- money changers in the temple at this time, defiling the, the, the house of God. And this person would say, well, I got a pigeon for this amount. Well, I got one for this amount. Well, I'll give you two if you get one, right? And there was all this stuff happening. It was never supposed to be that way. And so Jesus walks in in all authority and just turns them over. And he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's what it was written about. But what I noticed, I usually stop right there. What caught my attention this time is the last part of the verse. That there were some blind and lame people that in all of the ruckus said, hey, Jesus, could I still get healed? I know that people are turning from you, but in the moment of chaos, there was that some that turned to him, amen? Do y'all see him in there? I'll tell you what, I'm part of the blind and lame, y'all. 
that's a good place to be. That if you're prideful in this place and you, 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 you can be with the money changers and Jesus one day will flip your table over. It says that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. And Proverbs 16 says pride goes before destruction. Whenever destruction happens in a person's life, you can always take it back one layer and you'll find pride. An unwilling, non-repentant spirit. And today I thought it would only be right in the context of Palm Sunday. What happened on Palm Sunday? There were some people that turned from their sin and turned to him. And because of that, they left healed. The word repentance is a big word. I get it. It's a, it's a Christian word. It's a biblical word. And sometimes in an uncomfortable word. But one of my favorite demonstrations of repentance is found in, in Matthew chapter 3 and, 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 and also at the same time in Acts chapter 3. When Peter preached a sermon, it said people were cut to the heart and they repented of their sins so that they would experience refreshing. Today, if you're in need of refreshment, it's going to follow your repentance. Refreshment comes when we turn away from the things of this world, turn away from sin, and we turn to him. Let me give you a little picture of that. That means at one point we were walking like this, following sin, following the course of this world. Sin guided me. My flesh guided me. The world told me what to do, what to say, what to think. A repentance, biblically, is doing a 180. Not a 360. We're not repenting from the sin just to another sin. Like, I'm going to stop that one, and I'm going to go to this one. What we're doing in repentance is we're turning from sin to him. And that same pull that you had towards sin, you now apply that to Jesus, right? So at one point, it was whatever sin says, whatever sin encourages whatever the world says is what I'm going to do. And now I turn to Jesus and say, whatever he says, whatever he calls me to, wherever he says to go, that's where I'm going to go. And, and Jesus says, when you repent from sin and turn to him, that's when you'll experience refreshing joy. That repentance serves our joy. These people had their tables tipped over by Jesus. Now you can, let, you can wait and let Jesus do that in your life. Or you can be like the lame person and the blind person and say, I don't even want you to do that, Jesus. I'm just going to step away, and I'm going to follow you. And there was people in our 915 service that came down to all three of our prayer stations and just said, I'm ready to let go. There was people that came up to the altar here and just said, I'm ready to lay it down. And as we sing this next song of worship, I want to give you an opportunity today to experience the refreshment of Jesus. And if something's heavy on your heart right now, hear this. This is a prophetic word. Let it go. That's what Palm Sunday is all about. It's about turning from sin and turning to him. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? You could even turn your chair into an altar. Just go ahead and make your chair a place where you can just go, Lord, right here on my chair. I can't even move right now, but Jesus, right here. Meet me where I'm at. I repent and turn to you, and he'll meet you there. So I'm going to pray, and our worship team's going to lead us in a song, and let's get right with the Lord today. Amen? Father, I ask you now, as we turn from our sin, 
We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We turn to him. So God, we wanna experience refreshment. We wanna experience your fullness. We wanna walk healthy. So heal us, I'm the blind man, I'm the lame man. I wanna see, I wanna see you, God. I wanna see you in 2019 clearer than I did last year. So help us to follow you now in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, the altar's open, our prayer warriors are ready. Feel free to stand, feel free to kneel, feel free to stay seated. Let's respond.
Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness is brought with the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, come to the altar. Father, that you are our treasure. So we should stay in this moment of prayer and worship for the next few minutes. Come on, Jesus, you are our treasure. Do you believe that, Walk Church? That he's the treasure of your heart? That Jesus, you are our treasure. God, we don't want anything else. There was once a parable, Father, about a man who bought a whole field because he saw the treasure in it. And today, we're declaring, Jesus, you are our treasure. You are our treasure. Would you pray that with me right now? Just say, Jesus, you are our treasure. Say, Jesus, you are my treasure. Jesus, you're our treasure. Let's just sing that. Let's just sing that melody. Jesus, you're my treasure. Treasure, you are my treasure. Yes, you are. You are my treasure. You are my treasure. Let's sing that together, Walk Church. You are my treasure. If you believe it, make him your treasure right now. You are my treasure. Jesus, you are my treasure. You are my treasure. You are my treasure. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are my treasure. And God, if we've made anything else our treasure today, it could be a relationship, it could be sexual sin, it could be food, it could be our bank account. It could be a sports team. Today we're removing any false treasures, counterfeit treasures, and we're placing Jesus back at the top. You are our treasure. Help us to be the blind and the lame that come to Jesus in the midst of chaos and receive healing. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Praise God for that. Uh, We move into this last prayer bullet point today before we close this time out. We've seen Jesus enter the temple. We've seen him drive out those who are mishandling his worship. He told them that it's written that his house shall be called a house of prayer. We've seen the blind and the lame receive healing on Palm Sunday. But now let's look at the last two verses, verses 15 and 16. It says, but when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children, notice the children were crying out, crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. I don't know about you, but I don't use the word indignant that much. I didn't quite know exactly how it was used in this context. So it led me to do a little word study. Let me give you the definition of indignant. Indignant means the feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. This this feeling of being annoyed that there was unfair treatment being involved, that the Pharisees... Pharisees and scribes became indignant at the children as they were praising Jesus and calling him Hosanna. The people got indignant, that they, they, they got angry, that they got annoyed. And here's what they said to Jesus in their indignant spirit. They said to him, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, yes, I hear them. Have you never read out of the mouths of infants? This is found in Psalm chapter 8. Jesus quotes the psalmist. He says, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. This is what I want us to see in this moment. That the children weren't indignant. That the children were expectant. And today with our prayers on Palm Sunday, you have a choice on what group you'll be in. Will you be indignant, annoyed at what God's doing, or will you be expectant at what you believe he's going to do? Let me give you a definition for expectant. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. Expectant means having or showing an excited feeling that something's about to happen. And I don't know about you, but this is where my heart is right now. I'm expectant that God is going to move in our city, and I'm expectant that God is gonna move in our church in such a tangible way that we're gonna see every chair in this room filled next week. That we're gonna see more people come to our block party on on Saturday coming up than we've ever seen before and where people are gonna come and they're gonna hear about Jesus. I'm expecting that on Good Friday, we're gonna get to know God better as we focus on the cross. I'm expecting that on Thursday, we're gonna have a Passover Seder meal and it's gonna be in that moment we get to see Jesus more clearly as the true Passover lamb. I don't know about you, family, but I'm expecting. You know why? Because we've been praying over these VIP cards, haven't we? We've been asking God for three people to pray about and invite to our church. And today we have VIP cards under pretty much everybody's chair or a lot of your chairs. And those, na- those cards have names on them of people in our city that we want to see come to know Jesus and come to church on Easter Sunday. Uh, Right now, we also have more VIP cards for us to use. Guess what? Easter's coming, isn't it? Next weekend, um, our ushers have these VIP cards with them right now. 
if, if you just lift your hand up, if you, knew a, if you need a new one right now, would you put your hand up? Because I want us to go ahead and cover all these. I need one, Joey. Can you give me a new one? If you just put your hand up, if you want to fill out one more, maybe you got more than three people to invite, but I just want us to cover every one of the names that are on these cards today and ask for the Lord to break through and to take the names on these cards and to move in their lives. The children were expectant for Jesus to move. Are you expectant today? Do you believe that God is gonna use your prayers to bring somebody to himself? Because I just know we need a move. And that's my third prayer point today, is for us to expect a move. So we've, we've worshiped the king, we've repented of our sin, and when you do those two things, you guys, expect a move. Expect a move. Look at the person next to you and say, friend, expect a move. If you're watching this online, friend, expect a move. God today is looking at us, and you know what he's saying? He's saying, walk church, expect a move. And here's why. Because when we pray about it, God hears those things. It moves him to action. And so today, right now, what I want us to do is, is, is look at your prayer card. Write more names on it if you need to. And after we watch this quick video, what I want you to do is I want you to pray over the names. And I want you to come up here at some point in the service during the worship song. And I just want you to drop this on the altar. And say, that card's prayed for. I expect a move. I expect a move. When we sing this song, at, at, that, at any point, just come up here and expect God to do something through your prayers. Again, you can kneel, you can call on a pastor to pray with or somebody next to you. But right now, let's watch this video, and then we're going to have our last song of worship. Many of us hear a voice that pulls on our hearts. It's a good voice that speaks to us about the people in our lives. And it's inviting us to invite them to our church. But something prevents us from acting on it. Maybe it's the fear of what they might think. Maybe it's a feeling that we're in some way disqualified. Maybe we feel like we don't have all the answers yet or that we don't want to put our friends on the spot. But Easter's just around the corner, and that changes the game. It's unique because most people already want to go to church on Easter. They just need to be invited. So what might happen if you asked God, who? That's it. God, who should I invite? He will answer that prayer because he's anxious to answer that prayer. We only need ears to hear. And maybe that voice has actually been his voice all along. Again, again. Hey man, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? 
Father, I'm expectant. I'm expectant that Jesus, you're going to use this church to reach this city. You're going to use all types of churches in this city to reach this city. And God, I just want to pray and cover next Sunday in prayer. Jesus, you rode in on a donkey. You're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of our repentance. And so, God, we ask by faith that all the names on these cards you would bring to yourself. We need a move, Jesus. We need a move in your name. Amen. As you feel led, you can come down. Wonders are still what you do. It's in your nature. Wonders are still what you do. It's in your character. Strongholds are still being moved. Mountains are still being moved. God, we believe. Cause yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. Yes, we believe. It's God, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do.
God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. God, you're a miracle God. God, you've always been a miracle God. Just know that, Walk Church, that God has always been a miracle God. He's never changed. Maybe we've changed, but he's never changed. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. God, you're a miracle God. And we need a miracle, God. We need a miracle in our families. We need a miracle in our city, Lord. You're a miracle, God. You're a miracle, God. It's in your nature, God. It's in your nature to do miracles. Give us faith, expectant faith. Give us expectant faith for our church, for our city, for our family, for our neighborhoods, God. I'm expectant of all the door hangers we've placed on doors, God. I'm expectant for people to come to know you. I'm expectant for the Facebook ads. I'm expectant for all the invites going out. I'm expectant for all the prayers being prayed. God, we need a move. Come on, ask him for a move right now. Ask him for deeper unity. Ask him for a move of blessing. We need a move. So God, we, we pray in confidence. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is in the Lord, amen? Our confidence is in the blood of Jesus, the resurrected King, the promise of God's word, and the power that he's coming again. We believe that you're gonna move. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Come on, you can be seated. Uh, we're going to move into the final...